Hello, everyone, and welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 121. We're back on another Monday, and we're here to talk about pop culture things that interest us. And sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I am joined as always by Andrea. How's it going? Good, good. Happy Monday. Happy Tired Monday, as we both commented. <laughs> still here, still kicking, starting the week yep. off. Mm -hmm. You're wearing your uh, Packers hoodie. Um, they won, did they not? They did. They squeaked it out against the Bucks. Okay. What's, uh, uh what's maybe etiquette is not, uh, you know, maybe I need to, maybe I should have said that. Maybe some people have a DVR'd yet and don't know the results. Oh, whoopsie. Well, yeah. spoilers for football. I mean, which is yeah. hardly ever a thing on this show, but if you're yeah. a football fan and didn't get to watch yesterday, spoilers, and I'm going to spoiler some more. Because uh, both of our teams that we're repping here today, I, I'm I'm telling you you're repping the Vikings because you have purple sure. on. Uh, yeah. Both of our teams squeaked it out in a very, very narrow and possibly deserved, possibly undeserved victories. I'm not quite what? sure about that. What's this? What's this going on? What's this drama? I mean, you got some bad calls going on? Is it what? No, not some bad calls, just some like not so great playing, like some really great plays and then some just like fell down and got lucky kind of things, you know? Okay. Yeah, that's what happens to me. That, that's an anime thing. You fall down and get lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's good. I did hear a little bit about the Vikings mm -hmm. game, just that it was, yeah, it was a close one. So exciting, yeah. I'm sure, to watch. Mm -hmm. Yes, both teams just squeaked out the V, squeaked out the W. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> doing what goes along well with football? Drinks. In particular, beer. Oh, nice. <laughs> yep. Starting it off, uh, celebrating our first holiday week, which is still going on. Uh, September 17th to October 3rd. It is still Oktoberfest. So, got my Stein out and everything. I'm drinking Warsteiner. Okay, cool. Nice. The German, yep. Mm -hmm. So, Perfect. repping all the way. Yep, trying to uh, to get that Oktoberfest celebration in there. And perfect, because it goes with football. Yeah, awesome. So cheers. Cheers to that. Um, yeah, but cheers. if you're in the mood, if you're in the mood for something else, September 20th is quite different. It was National Rum Punch Day. All right. Yeah, I actually um, coincidentally, this worked out really well for me, sort of to do <laughs> rum punch. Um, okay. It's not what I anticipated, so I'm I'm using my Targaryen glass again. Um, nice. And you notice I have a large straw with this. You do. A number of things in here. Yes. So, Tell us about mm -hmm. your like fruity plethora of floaty things. Yeah. So I had to be elsewhere today. And part of that elsewhere managed to include me uh, getting some boba. So oh, okay. there's this different place I'd never been. It's called uh, Viva or sorry, VV bubble tea. Um, and I got their just signature fruit tea, which, um, I thought, okay, this must be your best foot forward. I will have this one. And I said 
no sugar, you know, no added sugar to it, less ice. And mm -hmm. what I got was yummy. I'll say yummy, but so sweet. I just I was gonna say I'm guessing not what you ordered though. <laughs> just so yeah, just such a sugar bomb. I couldn't believe it. So I only managed to drink like half of it or something. Okay. And um I thought, well, but this needs probably some alcohol. So saw the rum rum punch thing on there. So the the alcohol in here now is rum. So I've just remixed it. It's uh it's a rummy fruity boba drink now. So Punch can mean so many different things. There's a wide umbrella that punch covers. So, if, I mean, if you call it a punch, isn't it one? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> so there you go. You made one. You made your own yet again going off script. You just kind of make up the rules as you go along. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, those are two main ones that fall within this week, although I did sneak in uh, tomorrow is national crush a can day okay mostly added that just because i like crush a can day i like uh -huh. so i was intending initially to to have that one okay know, to do that one okay. but uh yeah this yeah this, this just kind of fell in your lap now. Mm -hmm. oh boy yeah. wow same mind there <laughs> <laughs> um but i have your rummy punch thing yeah yeah cheers So sorry for the weird, like jumping at things. I just, I noticed a, a place that I could make a dirty innuendo. I thought it was too early to go there. So I moved straight on to the drink stuff uh, before <laughs> telling people what's going to happen on the podcast. Sure. Um, before I share my one other drink thing, okay. I will, I will do that. We'll get the, the, the wrap up the house cleaning stuff all the way. So. If you're new here, please subscribe, like, share, all those sorts of things. That'd be much appreciated. Um, we're a weekly podcast, so you know you can expect regular stuff from us. On tonight's episode, we're going to be covering House of the Dragon, uh, the latest episode that just aired last night, episode six. So we'll be getting spoilery about that later. Um, before that, we'll have um, a webtoon that we're covering. So just one this week. It's solo leveling. We're still still working our way through that. And then um, before that, we've got some some news stories, some fun anime-related stuff to talk about, and uh, we'll go for our weeks a little bit. But but I have something that I talked about on the podcast a while back, and finally the day has arrived. I have received my James Gin. Ooh, nice. So it's so my James Gin uh... from James May. It is still sealed. It okay, arrived this right. morning. Um, so James Gin, Asian parsnip is the flavor. Um, a gin by James May, product of the UK. Um, batch 002. Um, wow. Yeah, foreigner's version, it says. There's a label, foreigner's oh. version. What, is that mean? what does that mean? <laughs> um, anyways, it's the Navy strength version. So to my understanding with that, um, again, is that if you're on ship and you're hauling this gin and you something goes awry, as it may, you get this gin in the gunpowder, it's strong enough to not mess up the gunpowder. You're not ruining the gunpowder here. So, okay. Um, because it is um, 
57%. Ooh, this is a 57% uh, spirit. So, yeah. So I'm going to open it and. Uh, um, oh, live. It's like an unboxing. I know. <laughs> Try not to stab myself. Good starter for unboxings. Yeah, it looks like Foreigner's My, Edition is just like the edition that's available in other countries. Yeah, it's just I don't, probably, I don't know if it probably means, distributed. Like, yeah, I don't think it means it's actually like different. It doesn't seem like it is, but uh -huh. I mean. I'm just trying to single us out, you know? What the heck? Yep, yep. Just, unfortunately, my audio, um, like, noise reduction thing will probably clear out the uh, satisfying pop of the top, but we'll see. Without spilling it. Oh, Nothing? I heard it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it was like, it was kind of like... Um, you know those sound effects of like water droplets like plinking on a surface? Yeah. That's kind of what it sounded mm -hmm. like more than like a cork coming undone. But whatever. Okay. I mean, it's a it good something. pour. I like the, uh, the edge on this. It uh, leaves no mess. So unfortunately, it does not appear to be re real cork, Phil. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to so. say, Phil will be so disappointed. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see how this is. Pretty. Ooh. That definitely, I, I definitely get the pine. Okay. Wow. That's got a lot Good. of flavor. Good. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it like is, it is pine exceedingly can strong. You tell, can you tell the parsnip flavor? Uh, you know, you really, you really don't taste the pine. You smell the pine. So I enjoy that. that that's, a, that's a pleasant aroma. But it doesn't mm -hmm. taste like pine. It does taste. I I don't know what I'd call, you know. Uh, honestly, uh, when were, I was watching the video um, that James May was talking about, it he was kind of alluding to like Asian parsnip science sounds kind of exotic. So we're going with that. So <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. It is good, but it it uh, it's strong. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways yes that's uh james gin nice. navy strength i uh, will be pacing myself with that tonight um <laughs> so anyways yeah shoot it, shoot it. what yeah cheers oh i'll share to <laughs> james <Bacon. laughs> um all right so onward and upward andrea how's your week been been good it's been insanely busy as far as consuming shows has gone i mean obviously i read solo leveling and i've watched house of the dragon uh for tonight's episode um but i also did a few other things i continued cyberpunk edge runners which i'm really enjoying i haven't gone breakneck through that even though i feel like it would be very easy to trying yeah. to slow down and pace myself so this week i gave myself like two episodes and that felt good enough for me especially with like the other things that i wanted to watch so mm -hmm. but i i really i highly recommend it it's amazing as i mean you know you're watching it so Don't yeah yeah i went you. to yeah i went four through seven while ron i watched mm -hmm. that one as well and um same kind of thing like you know ashley and i are watching it together so that keep that automatically keeps us a little bit slower rate but mm -hmm. then um yeah it's just been nice and it's it's only gotten better 
Like I have, yeah. I have my biggest complaint, I think comes in episode two and it's mm. definitely the one thing that stood out is like, I really didn't enjoy that moment, but otherwise I'm up through seven and really liking it. It's I'm concerned with like choices characters are making, but it has me invested, you know? So sure. Are you concerned with choices characters are making in the sense of like, you're worried for the character or you're worried for the show? Worried for you the character. I mean? Yeah. Okay. I just, okay. like, I don't want to see these characters go through this or have this happen to them or, or sure. make this choice, yeah. you know? So mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it's, I, I'm still, I still love how much they're, it's probably a fine line to walk that you don't want to have it be exactly like the game, but this really, it still is doing such a good job of having things and characters and stuff that are in the game in this and mentioned and whatever. And this is the kind of synergy I want between products in different mediums. You know, they take place in the same world. They contribute to one another. They're both like Canon. Um, they, they encourage others to, um, you know, to consume the other one. And we'll get into that a little bit more later, but yeah, I'm just like continually impressed with, you know, how well it feels, uh, in that same world as the game. So. Yeah. I, uh, I can't speak terribly much to that having played, but a blip of, uh, cyberpunk 2077, but I enjoy the show. And I love that it's drawing people to play the game because yeah. I think, I mean, I, I mean, I know we talked about it extensively on the show before, but obviously I think that cyberpunk 2077 had some deserved and some undeserved struggles. I mean, they released it. It was buggy. It was tough for people to play, which is like legitimate concerns. But also when they fixed a lot of things, people just weren't immediately invested in going back and that was a really kind of a shame yeah so i'm glad, well, I'm glad it's getting second life here we're, we're hijacking your week here but uh we might as well just uh, yeah, talk about it's it okay. otherwise I mean, we're gonna... right <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah i i mean on the one hand i understand people you know cdpr was not always on the up and up. They made some really bad decisions. A lot of this stuff, you know, is it's not like, oh, oops, sorry, you know, we did everything we could kind of thing. It was like, no, you put yourselves in this situation. So that that really is too bad. And I, you know, I understand if someone wants to be like, you're, we don't respect what you did. And therefore, we're not going to play your game. Like, right. that's fine to me. But um Nonetheless, I play the game even in a broken state and love the hell out of it. And um, so, yeah, I and other people like they needed that break. You know, they needed that break to kind of forget about it and to to calm down. Right. To, you Hit know, that refresh and restart kind of button where everybody's yeah. like, oh, right, yeah. Without mm -hmm. all like the negativity attached to it. And so this this anime hit at just the right time because they didn't really have, you know, major, you know, story DLC and such locked and loaded, you know. So this brought people back and IGN has the story right now that, uh, you know, just, you know, confirming further the resurgence of the game, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, 
last update as of the 22nd on this CDPR said that there was at least a million people play that played the game each day of the week. Um, is so impressive. Yeah. So it's really, um, it's really doing well. I, it's, it's, it's exciting to see. And again, online, the, the Twitter accounts and stuff are saying, Hey, you want revenge on this certain character from the show? Make sure you hop into the game. Uh, that Smart. kind of thing. Yeah, and there's items in the game now that are from the anime as well. So there is oh, sure. like a gun and a jacket. I think probably the main jacket you got to do some extra quest or something for to unlock. So again, it's that this is the kind of thing that makes sense. This is why like a game like Marvel's Avengers should never fail. Some of the biggest properties on the planet, some of the biggest movies on the planet, that game should no way fail. And they should only feed off of one another in that way, boost each other up. And, and uh, so, yeah, more of this, please. Yeah. Well, and more of this done well. I mean, obviously, in an ideal world, this would be the outcome. I mean, without the hiccup at first for the game, um, obviously, mm -hmm. the, you'd want a successful yeah. release and then, you know, kind of maybe have it fade from the public consciousness and then oh, yeah, let's bring it back. Let's revive it with this anime. And everybody's like, all right, I forgot about that. It's great. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, in an ideal world, you'd have like a movie or TV show or whatever and a game that could like work together, feed off each other, play into one another. Like you said, you know, some of the stuff from the TV show is now available in the game. That's really smart, like thinking, smart marketing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that has to that has to go along with good execution on both yeah. ends and, and like a commitment to making a great product, whether it be the show or the game. So yeah, yeah ideally that would work for everything, but this is an example if anybody's looking of how to do it right. Yep. Or at there's least how one to do thing, right. There's one thing <laughs> I'm looking for in this show that I have not yet seen through episode seven. Okay. And I'll be sad if I don't get it. There you notice okay. if you watch the anime, there's lots of ads and stuff for products and things yeah. in the world, like real water. There's one that I've seen in the show and that's in the game. So there's similar ads and, and stuff. There's a, like a soda in the game and okay. the slogan is, is taste the love. And it's got, it's kind of like corny, um, kind of Japanese sort of vibe. It's cartoony or whatever. And the, the, you know, person advertising it just says taste the love no and so way. that ad needs to be in this game or in the in the anime so if not um, apparently you could put it in yourself john that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> i have no idea what the voice is but i feel like in my head you nailed it perfect thank you you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so a little little detour on cyberpunk edge runners talk, but I mean, it's like I said, highly recommend it. You highly recommend it. Definitely, everybody should go to Netflix and check it out. Um, other things that I checked out this week, uh, some things for the first time and some repeats. Um, I checked out two new shows, just the first episodes to kind of like dip my toe in. Um, we had been talking last time about uh the recently passed Batman day and how uh, HBO max had a whole collection of, you know, Batman and Batman related shows 
um, that they were offering and kind of like a whole themed page. Um, and we mentioned the, the show Pennyworth, which is like the origins of, you know, Alfred, um, Bruce Wayne's butler. So I decided to go and, uh, make good on my word and check the first episode of that out. Um, it is interesting. It's definitely one that seems well put together, very solid, but the first episode wouldn't necessarily grab you. Like it's not, okay. it's not like fast paced. It's not constant action. It's not like moving plot to plot to plot. Um, in fact, the pace is actually kind of slow, which mm. I could appreciate, but it's also a really long episode. So it did huh. feel a little slow and draggy. Not totally enough to turn me off, but I'm hoping episode two picks up. But if it wasn't tied to the Batman IP? Um, I probably, I would, I would maybe give it one more, but I would, it would be a very lackluster one more, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. it's, it's, there are pieces that seemed promising, but yeah, it was really tough to, to get through the slower pacing and the length of the episode. Okay. So. Well, that's, that's too bad, but. Yeah. We'll I mean, Maybe not everything's a winner, two more. but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I might, I might change my tune after episode two. We'll see. Um, something that was very quick moving, fast paced, like jumped around a lot, not always in a bad way, but a little frenetic. Um, I also was feeling kind of like into the fall season, into the start of spooky season. And, uh, based on my like previous watching history on Hulu, um, the show Salem popped up. I was like, you know what? I feel it. Let's get in the mood for some, you know, witchy times ahead and let's watch this show. Um, definitely quicker and a lot more action happening there. Tougher to get into acting wise. There were some really strong performances and there were some like very middle of the road, like this is okay stuff. Mm. Um, So it's a little bit more of like a soapy drama. Um, Obviously, as you can guess from the title, it's set in Salem during during the classic witch trials that are occurring there. So, you know, lots of action and different things to be to be explored there kind of veering into some different stories than are kind of like the um, classic, you know, bunch of girls running around, like telling everybody they see the devil and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, it's, it's interesting. And this is like one I'm more willing to give a second episode to. Okay. I think I'm, I'm thinking maybe the uneven performances are just a factor of like, we have so much to accomplish and set up in the first episode that were kind of just like really skipping around a lot. So I'm willing to okay. like give this because the production seems pretty, pretty good. So I'm looking willing it to up give quick. This a um, 2014 through 2017. So a little older. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I um, hadn't, I hadn't heard of this. Yeah. I'd seen it ar- floating around Hulu. Um, like I said, based on based on my interests, it was definitely like a show we recommend for you. And I was like, yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah. No, it sounds right. Cool. Oh, so, yeah. yeah it's so got the guy from guy one guy from Game of Thrones in there. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. What's his face? 
he's a great joy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't, uh, I don't even see him in the, in the cast here, or it's not a picture that looks like him anyways. Um, oh, is it Shane West? Is that him? No. Yeah. He's Shane a, West. He's is that who I'm thinking? Yeah. He's not a great joy though, but yeah, he's, uh, I'm, he's in I'm there. I'm thinking of someone else and I guess. Okay. Well, yeah, definitely fits the, fits the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. So, um, so yeah, so I watched that and then continued on watching uh, The Great British Baking Show, second episode, wildly different, obviously, than either Salem or Pennyworth. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, like, one of those much-needed, like, just breaks and resets and, like, yeah. some goodness-y episodes. So, still loving that. Um, and then... I was really excited to watch the first episode of the new season of Halloween Wars um, because I love that show. I've, I've loved that for like it's all 10 seasons. And then last year they redid it with Zach Baggins as the host. And I was really excited about it and started the season and they took out pumpkins. So it was like it used to be a team of like three people where you'd have like cake person, sugar person, and a pumpkin person. And they'd have to create these like elaborate tableaus out of all of those materials, different scenes, like different spooky, like, I don't know, moving pictures sometimes, like just all kinds of fun stuff. And then last season they took out pumpkins. And I was like, what is the point of this then? There's like no tie to Halloween. Like pumpkins are almost the whole point. So it feels like they heard that criticism and they added pumpkins back into the season they're not like quite as prominent as they used to be but i'll take it like okay this is far superior yeah i was gonna so. say i remember you being disappointed last season yes. um superman it, is baggins still hosting he is yes okay. yep he's still doing Fine. he's still not physically present there he still appears yeah. only via screen but dumb yeah that is really dumb um, but I at least liked the, the first episode they kicked off with this season, um, was based on his, like his and his, uh, cruise adventures down in New Orleans, okay. um, and their experiences trying to find, uh, the voodoo queen Marie Laveau. So okay. that was like a yeah. fun first thematic episode. And they showed a couple of clips from the show. That was kind of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, they got, they got a little bit more inventive with how he would appear, on the screens and like where he would just like mm-hmm. pop out and just like talk to people. But I still feel like he should just be there or just, don't. I, he, he's, he's a weird guy. And I guess, I don't know if he has some pull or what, because he did a whole show where I don't know if I brought it up on here before or not, but he sent his people, the rest of his team to go investigate places whilst he stayed in like, in Vegas or whatever in his creepy looking place and just like gave him orders via zoom, you know? Yeah, and that, like, that sounds like this. Yeah. That's basically what I'm this like, is. Zach, get off your butt, mm-hmm. go, go investigate with your guys. Mm-hmm. It's not, no. So yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I still like the themes that they're doing, like based on his show. Yeah. But I just like I just wish he was there. Like it's just mm -hmm. it's a little silly. Yep. Yep. But again, I will take this. This season is a far superior improvement. So very happy that Halloween Wars is sure. Back. Nice. Um. Yeah, I didn't get any. Um. I, I miss out on uh, Halloween Wars. We definitely used to have that on once in a while, but we don't we don't do live TV anymore or whatever. So um maybe let's see food network is that part of discovery it is yeah so maybe so maybe i can watch that on discovery plus so i get why they have yeah. that synergy then all zach shows are on discovery plus then so yeah you should be able to because when we were looking so the the we found the second episode first and then we had to like track down the first episode um and it kept trying to like route us to discovery plus Oh, okay. So you should be able to at least watch the first one. Cool. Um, I did get in Mob Psycho, one more episode of that, Mob Psycho 100, mm -hmm. just off of season one. I, it's just one of those things every once in a while I watch the next episode, it seems. Just behind on a lot of anime right now, um, still in the middle of Call of the Night and that kind of thing. So I did manage to get a little more horizon forbidden west played um nice. it's been a while yeah yeah it's been a little while <laughs> i put a couple pictures on twitter want to check yeah. those out it's it's still great i thought man maybe i should try to finish the story of this game before i'm really in the field but I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I'm in there and I get distracted by things and just having fun doing side quests and whatever. So I just don't think there's any, any way. I'm 49 something hours in and um, I'm well, sure there's another 100 it, hours of the. Yeah. It'll if just, you're enjoying it, like why force yourself to do something different? Like you're just mm -hmm. going to enjoy it less. Yeah. Because I still feel like I haven't. There's so much I haven't done and explored. And yeah, I want to play some other games, but there's nothing really that's a priority that I must play right now. Sure. So sure. I'll just keep kind of when I get the chance. Yeah, trekking through. Um, still some webtoons. Loaf app number 13 came out, so I read that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's good, but being I'm caught up now, I've, I'm worried that each episode each week isn't going to be enough again. They're too sure. short to, to do much. So mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll kind of sit on this for a while and then mm -hmm. get behind intentionally so I can read a swath of them. Yeah. And then um, I'm dating a psychopath. I read six and seven. And they also did a in-between like thanks for so, so many subscribers or whatever, oh, yeah. which is mm -hmm. weird because it was labeled as like thanks for this many subscribers, but it was really just one giant warning. Like, uh -oh. hey, I know a sure. lot of you are like getting into this because you think it's going to be a romantic comedy thing and it's really not it's really going to be <laughs> people making great choices with scary situations and you might not like them so i'm you know it's it's like okay i get it you know just let people let all these people subscribe to your thing and if they're unaware that this is where it's going and they end up not liking it then they'll stop you know and you'll lose some but take the subscribers for now they, they already have plenty of warnings of like you know, if you have PTSD and stuff, don't read this. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm totally torn because on the one hand, like you shouldn't have to handhold people. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they should figure out on their own on the other. I 
do get the like, because I would be like this personally, I do get the like secret fear of like, oh my God, everybody's going to suddenly turn on me when they, <laughs> yeah. when you know what I mean? All the like hates. when they realize yeah. that, yeah, that this isn't what they thought it was going to be. And that's not your fault because you're right. Like the, right. the creator has given a lot of warnings and things like that. But I mean, people can be dumb and can ignore that kind of stuff and just think like, ah, oh, whatever. Like it's, I still mm-hmm. think I know where it's going when they don't. So yeah, so I totally get the like, be super cautious and really warn people so that you don't get that sudden like, you know, like shoes on the other foot, like total switch flip, like everybody turns on you. Because that would be my fear too. Like, you know, did I really put out enough warnings? Does everybody really know? But at this Mm -hmm. point, if you've got one long like warning panel, you're good. You're so covered. Like you don't need to again. Yep. Yeah, I at this point I'm still too early to really mm-hmm. fully recommend this. Uh, there's still some dialogue yeah. that I don't know for sure. There's still some choices. I I just don't know. I just see where it's gonna go a little bit and how it's handled. So, yeah, I get that. I mean, I I think I I don't think I put it on here, but I read like one or two more of these and like solid, mm-hmm. medium solid. You know, like it's I I'm enough to keep going, but just not like. I rush to the next one. Yeah. The the art is really, really good. So, yeah. um, so that's been our weeks. Um, we'll talk a little bit about a few news things. Now we really kind of, I guess this is Okay. This isn't news. <laughs> this is just a topic. Um, so <laughs> the only thing newsy about, it, I guess, is that IGN wrote a thing. Um, sure. IGN put together a list of the top, 25 best anime of all time. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know, we might as well talk about it. IGN um I don't visit them all that much these days, but certainly still see their their um content mm-hmm. populate in feeds of things and such. So, mm-hmm. should I Okay, I'm going to we'll run through these. We don't need to sure. belabor it too long, but we'll we'll, we'll stop and talk about them kind of as we go a little bit or something, starting with number 25, uh, Haikyuu. Um, I have not seen this. You have. have. That's a sport one, right? Yes, yes. This is a volleyball one. Uh, To to preface, I haven't seen it all the way through, but I have seen this. And I like it a lot. Okay. I mean, I remember I haven't – I kind of took a pause after finishing the season, uh, the first season – um, and I had mentioned that way back when I, when I was talking about it on the show, um, I'm not a sport anime person. Um, mm-hmm. I know like probably if you, if you think sport anime, especially that a girl would follow, uh, free Iwatobi swim club is probably one of the oh. most popular ones unsurprisingly. Um, but I really liked this. I didn't know that I was going to get into a sports anime, but I was just sort of like, I think I just come off of watching like some beach volleyball um, mm. and just was sort of like in that volleyball's yeah. awesome moment. So I decided to try it. It was good. Really good cool. story. Fun, fun animation of like, you know, playing the game, getting better, like this team trying to like come together. Um, classic storylines, but just like really done well. Nice. So I was kind of, I was kind of shocked to see it on here actually. Sure. Not that it wasn't I mean, good, but just like top 25. That's, there's a lot yeah. out there. That's saying a lot. Um, 
this this list does seem to be focusing on anime television shows, not movies. Yes. So yes. there is mm -hmm. that. Um, 24, Trigun. I can support this being on the list, especially for uh, for me, for nostalgic purposes. So that's not particularly uh, um, unbiased there, but. I have not watched this, but I remember talking about it. Yes. Because isn't a new, isn't a new one coming? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. It's on my the list. One I'm going to gonna ignore. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> 23 and 22, I'm going to bring up, uh, I think, an important element to this discussion. So 23 is Dragon Ball Z and 22 mm -hmm. is My Hero Academia. My question is, should anime series that are not yet done be... Con okay, Dragon Ball Z technically is because they've technically moved on to Dragon Ball Super. But should a show that's not finished yet be eligible for the top 25 list. I mean, yeah. Game of Thrones beforehand, right? Exactly. No, no, I was yeah. literally just thinking that. Absolutely, because your last couple of seasons or last season or whatever could totally bomb and change yeah. your opinion. Absolutely. Right. So no, I don't uh, think so. Glad we agree, because there is uh, something that didn't make this list that I think maybe would have otherwise uh, had it not like drug on for way too long and got, you know, dull. And that would be Inuyasha. Uh, sure. I'm guessing yeah. you were going to think I'd say Bleach, um, which is also not I was on actually, this list. I was actually going to think either of those. Yeah. Bleach or okay. Inuyasha, yeah. Inuyasha uh, which I have mm -hmm. recently started. Mm. Nice. Cool. Mm -hmm. You'll you'll enjoy the hell out of the first couple seasons. That's yeah. what I've heard. So yeah. I'm just like <laughs> I'm going into it knowing that like there's there's a cliff at which I will fall and it'll be disappointing, but whatever. I'm along for the ride till then. It's more like a it's more like a a landslide or you know, you're like stuck rolling down a hill. You don't fall <laughs> off a cliff. You just are like sure. you know, yeah. Can't so. stop yourself. You're like, oh God, we're still going down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 21, Made in Abyss. I have not seen this or, and know nothing about it. Yeah, no, I've never even heard of it before. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll look it up, I guess, now. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It says entire series. That's number 20. I couldn't get past the insane art and such. Sure. It's so odd. Sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I have not that, seen this, uh, but I, f I do feel like it's very interesting that they say entire series here. Yeah, right. And not like others. Yeah, right. I mean, just isn't that weird? It, it Well, it's because it's kind of, it, to my understanding, it's kind of segmented. There really are different, like different, I don't know. Don't get mad at me, JoJo fans. I don't know this show. It's something <laughs> sure. like a JoJo person is can be different and is like almost like okay. a different hero with the same title so, or something like that. So it's very it like can be very kind of segmented. Thing? Yeah, maybe something it, like that. Maybe something like okay. that. I mean, I, I would get that then. But yeah, I mean, I just found it odd that like entire yeah. series was only for JoJo's. Number 19, Naruto Shippuden. Um, that one, see that one, they they specifically say Naruto Shippuden. They don't say Naruto and they don't say Naruto, you know, the entire series. They just are calling out this one. So that's kind of how that goes there. 
Um, I've seen some really cool episodes of Naruto uh, Shippuden, but I don't know that it's like, I don't know. It's definitely their, the fans, so it's it's got something going for it. Um, Death Note, number 18. Got to be good, good with that. Mm-hmm. Classic, yep. One of my first ones. One of Chris's first mm-hmm. ones as well. Mm-hmm. Very, very um, excellent. Still the probably number one, like if you're going to tell someone to watch an anime, what's your first one? It's still probably the safe bet. Watch this first. Watch Death Note. No? Yeah, I, I see, see I, your mouth moving. I don't hear the noise. What are you making? It's like <laughs> I know, I know. So I'm trying because I'm trying to think because I really love Sword Art Online, and I just think oh. like the whole first, like if you could just like ignore everything past the first season, just like that first season is so so good, and it's such like an easy segue. You know what I mean? But it's more anime-y. There are more tropes and things, you know, yeah. from it. I feel like if your cartoons are for kids or I don't watch this stuff or whatever, that Death Note is just, it just grabs you. And I mean, I love the choice. I'd love to see someone as their first anime. Like, I know Phil watched that earlier in his He did. I th- was it maybe his second know. one? Yeah. It was really early for him. And Sword Art Online was also really early for Chris, too. I mean, he'd okay. watch like pieces of other things, but I'm talking like sat down and watched the full season. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, powerful think, stuff in that season one. Yeah. I think, gosh, I want to say like Death Note, Soul Eater, and then maybe Sword Art. Mm-hmm. For, okay. Like full three. Mm-hmm. And not just like catching whatever I'm watching or catching what like you and I were watching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. anyway, Death Note is yeah, a really good Death first Note. starter. The only the only pause I have on it um, is um, why can't I think of the Death God? Oh, Ryuk. Yeah. Yep. Just like that's just sort of off putting for some people. I feel like. Hmm. Okay. You know? I, I think that's a series to me, and my sister and her husband will disagree very mm-hmm. much, but I think it's a series that you really need to watch in Japanese. It was kind of from a time when there wasn't... It's We don't have the same standards for voice acting in English, um, or we didn't then as we do now. Um, and so, yeah, that believability, the credibility of all those characters really comes through more in Japanese. absolutely uh we tried one episode in english and i couldn't stand it like i i like literally it was like nails on a chalkboard with a couple of the character especially like the the laughs that were going on like Mm. those like you know when they're like laughing in a moment they're like yeah either like a realization or like an evil scheme laugh oh god Mm -hmm. horrible (laughs) so yeah we uh, we made it one episode we were like screw that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. Number 17 is Attack on Titan. That one certainly is a mega force um yeah. cultural thing right now. I would say this is one of those things that is on the you know, on the tier of of um the biggest things in pop culture right now. But another show that's not higher. quite done. 
Yeah. yeah, I'm a little surprised too. Um, but there's there a lot of people talk about slower moments. I fell off because of kind of sure, you know, it started to drag, and then they're really prolonging this final season. It's like being split into four sections or something like that. I, I keep thinking the final episode is out. The final episode is out, and, and no, it's like the final episode of part two, two of the final season. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. But it's definitely this one, if I am not mistaken, I, I've said it before, came out in a year it's when it started that really was like a surprise thing for anime. We had um, Notagami, Attack on Titan, and Kill a Kill, I think all in mm. this year. Good I think God. it was like 2017 maybe. And it was just like, there were there were moments early in watching Attack on Titan again when I've talked about the kind of visceral experience that like fires all the senses in the body somehow that I don't get from other mediums Uh, attack on Titan. When that started, definitely had some of those things like just the crazy, like crescendo in the like opening, how dramatic that was the sort of like universal sort of struggles that people go through and the secrets being kept from them. And then the, the horror that young people have to face in this situation and, and the mystery behind it all. It was just very well set up and, and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, number 16, um, mm-hmm. old on high school host club. Mm-hmm. That was one of my first shows. Yeah. Yep. I think, Fruits Basket was actually my first. This might have been my second. Nice. Classic. I've not yeah. seen it all the way through. I've only seen parts of it. I actually watch it all the way through for sure and stuff. So I'm missing out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is one of the few yeah. on uh, on here that I have seen all the way through. So okay. I, uh, I love that this is on here. And it is classic for a reason. Definitely belongs yeah. on here. 15, Devilman Crybaby. Mm-mm. No, nope. Ashley started this one and was just like, what is this? It was, it, was, <laughs> it didn't click with her and sure. it got, it gets, it, the, she didn't like the art and it gets like shockingly graphic all of a sudden and just, it didn't, it didn't grab her in the right way. Okay. So, okay. Um, so off of that recommendation, I didn't try it either. Um, 14 demon slayer. Mm-hmm. Another one that I am this latest season was crazy. I just watched at the Aniplex event, the live in Yokohama. I watched the orchestra for this play crew, like uh, kind of play through what has happened in the series so far. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. A lot of fun. I did an unboxing of a figure from this um, series on the channel. You guys should check out. But again, it's not done. It's nowhere near yeah. done. Yeah. So it's qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, 13, Kogius, uh, Lelouch of the Rebellion. So this is a big blank spot for me. This is a this is one that I feel bad for not having seen. Um, Same. My sister and her husband watched it and loved it. It's definitely really big in a moment. Um, before anime is, uh, it's not as big, nowhere near what it is now, but it like, was just one of those shows that for sure hit for a lot of people and uh yeah i should i really should watch this one same it's been on my list for a really long time and i just keep being reluctant to hit start 
you know? Sure. I don't yeah. know why. Like, I don't know if it's just like I'm worried I won't like it or if I'm just like not in the right mood ever when I think about it. But yeah, I just haven't started it. Well, it's one of those shows, too, that was in that was owned by a company that's now gone. And so there was mm -hmm. a rights thing for a while. It was kind of limbo. Yes. And, you know, now, now Funimation has it like everything else. But yep. Um, number 12, Samurai Champloo. Mm-hmm. Um, from acclaimed director um, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe of mm -hmm. Kawa Bebop fame. Mm-hmm. This is a show that will kind of grow on you. Like it has its its moments, but you know how at the end of the Lord of the Rings, you're like, you're just kind of in awe at the journey that they've been through. Like how could you have started there and you've you've gone through this and you kind of feel the weight of it. Okay, okay. There's a, the, the crew at the end of this show, despite all the hijinks and the silliness and the things, it's one of those things that just the characters have another layer and when you're done with the series you feel a weight there's a weight there and um yeah so i was thinking of some of my favorite scenes from anime ever the other night and definitely one or two of those are from this show okay good to know because this is a show that i did start and just wasn't getting into so i not that it was bad, but it just wasn't like gripping me. So I gave up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe and, I'll just try to restart that. And it's it, it it ends greater than the sum of its parts because okay. it's the same thing. I'd sit and watch through the episodes now and be like, yeah, this isn't the greatest, you know, like you say, not really gripping you necessarily. But by the time you get to the end, you just felt like you went through something. So. Okay. All right. I'll okay. restart it. Uh, number 11, Bacano. Definitely heard of this. Know it's popular. I haven't seen it. Yeah, same Z's. Although, number I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say number 10, FLCL. Nah, I haven't even heard of that. I don't even know what that. Whoa, is that oh, whoa, whoa. Coming? Okay. Alan's going to freak out right now. Alan is going to freak out on you right now. I'm sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why don't I know FLCL about this? Is, FLCL is Furikuri. Stands for Footy Oh, oh, okay. Well, then at okay. least I've heard of it. Okay, okay, yes. So there have since been a number of sequels, subsequent <laughs> follow-ups here. Yeah. Um, it's this is a show of a moment, and I feel like it's a perfect story, like adolescent story, but it's not a beginner's anime. It is weird. Yeah. There aren't answers. It is interpretive, um, but it's beautiful. And the music by the pillows is very, very good. Um, it's just kind of an art piece, really, in a way, like an anime art piece that will leave you with more questions and answers. Um, and again, it just has a it has a feel, it has a vibe. And if you're into it, like it feel it feels like Japan. Um, okay. the atmosphere and the, I don't know. Yeah. So I dig it. I'm glad it's on the list. <laughs> um, well, I feel better that at least I've heard of it. I just like, I was staring at this trying to be like, what, what is FLCL? And like, I was trying to come up with like all these different like acronyms that this was for. And it was just like having no luck. So 
I feel mm-hmm. dumb, but also better now. Yep, pretty cool. Number nine, this is controversial to some, I suppose. Yu Yu Hakusho, vastly outnumbering uh, Dragon Ball Z here. Um, it's kind of having a resurgence, Yu Yu Hakusho, I suppose, in, you know, they start putting out some new products and stuff. I think there was an anniversary. I know they're going to be doing a live action adaptation, sadly. And so we've, uh, you know, heard a little more about this recently. And for action anime, I can't argue. For just like the shonen action thing, this feels like the 90s um, and the best version of an action anime. So, number eight <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangelion. So, do you have any familiarity with this? I do. I've watched an episode here or there. Okay. Uh, but this is not one by any means that I've watched all the way through. Definitely a classic. Um, there's a lot cool about it. Like it deserves to be a classic for how well it's put together. Mm-hmm. There's so many annoying things with it. There's a lot of slowness to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I've never felt the real urge to go through and watch it all or to watch all the yeah. kind of as it's been remade into movies and all that. I don't know. It's pretty high on the list, but it's well known. I mean, it's like one of those those shows that I hear name dropped a lot. Yes. But I just have never been like interested to go fully watch it. Like I said, I've caught right. like an episode here or there, but I don't know. Seems okay. Just doesn't seem it, like my thing. It redefined it's very psychological and it redefined the mech genre. I think that's mm-hmm. part of it. And again, so well animated, so different, so uh like mental um sure. yeah and that's right. that's part of the tough part for me is because i'm not always a big mech fan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just has to be the right one like like i can get into things but that's just not like my go-to genre yeah yep uh number seven hunter 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 which is disqualified not done yep um though not better than you hacker show at this point i would say so um mob cycle 100 number six also not done i was gonna say as our as our resident watcher how do you feel i mean it's cool so it's definitely yeah it's unique the art the animation is impressive the art is different uh it's acquired taste but yeah, again, not done. I'm not finished. So this I'm gonna like take a break here to just say this list feels very current. Well, doesn't it feel written by someone our age? Because it's got a bunch of kind of clat or or maybe it's someone younger that thinks this is what should be on the list. Yeah. You know, there's there's that's not enough that's out there. There's mm-hmm. too much that's you know, I've heard about this and this has yeah, this is like made an impact so it's on the list well, and i feel like it's it's a battle between like this is classic and should go on the list and i've heard about it and also like you said stuff that's like still happening and mm-hmm. shouldn't be on the list it should be disqualified or like it should be caveated to be like yeah this isn't done so totally could change or like we made this list like thinking 
like or make two different lists make a complete list and a make an in progress list yeah but right it just feels like somebody yeah wrote this halfway of like what i think should go on there based on what i hear and know and then the other is like things that are happening right now yeah i i would maybe agree with that as someone like 15 years younger than us and so they're like what am i watching that is so good right now that is really Which, popular yeah. Like then, not that not that the stuff that isn't finished is bad. It's just not finished. Right. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Um, number five, Hajime Hajime no Ippo. Uh, um, mm -hmm. I don't know what this is. It's a boxing. I had to look it up. Oh. Okay. Okay. So there's something more, a little different. Which, uh, the only boxing I anime i've ever liked is megalobox which is awesome. okay recommend okay. that no, no i know nothing about hajime no evil but megalobox okay. check that out number four monster um i need to watch this it definitely is something that i uh like didn't love the art and animation from what i've seen i think that's what's kept me away from it a little bit but it is a revered classic so oh this one okay yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. gotcha number three one piece no surprise that this is on the list but not finished nope number two cowboy bebop not surprised to me it's uh no. this actually belongs at number one and then number <laughs> i wondered if you were gonna say that <laughs> And then number one, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood out of nowhere. So, um, yeah. Have you seen much for Full Metal Alchemist? Uh, again, it's a show that I've seen pieces of. Um, okay. Either caught episodes at cons or like caught an episode here or there when I tried to start Full Metal Alchemist. Um, somebody else was watching it that I know and just kind of like popped in for an episode. So. I've seen it, just nothing that makes a whole lot of sense. Okay. But I know it's one of those that I should. It's like one of those classics that I feel like I should just have under my belt. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, for a while, I think there was an argument. The original show, Full Metal Alchemist, or Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for anyone that doesn't know, the manga came out. Full Metal Alchemist, then they were making the anime, Full Metal Alchemist, and they deviated heavily from the manga after a set point. It still ended well and was really good, um, albeit a little melodramatic. Very good. And then later they made Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is much more true to the manga. And... Um, so I've seen all of the original anime Full Metal Alchemist. Um, I own that all on DVD. The Brotherhood series, I've only I've watched a lot of it, but I haven't finished it shamefully because there's so much good to it. It is more um it's one of those weird shows that really balances the like absurd and uh zany, I guess, with pretty serious Again, melodramatic, adult stuff. It got a little slow in one part for me. I should just start over. It's pretty long, but it has one of my favorite scenes of any anime ever in it. Very impactful, mm. very powerful, really well done. Um, 
So I, I definitely am not opposed to this being on the list. Okay. Um, before we move on, overall, how do you feel about this list? Is it something that really stands out as shouldn't be there or something that really should be there? Um, I mean, I feel like I already shared kind of my overall thoughts of like this. This just doesn't feel like a, a real top 25 list. You know, I think there right. should just be more consideration of like. So from the 80s. You, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, nothing. And and I just feel like there should be more qualifiers to this. Like mm -hmm. just have stuff that's already finished make sure you're going to narrow it to like, say you're going to talk about TV shows, if that's what you're truly going to do. Um, and yeah, I mean, there should, there should just be, I think a little bit more breadth here in terms of different kinds of shows. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, like some of the things that really made an impact, you know, for Ashley, Oranji was a show that really, um, you know, meant quite a bit to her. Um, there is, um, like where's, where's uh, fruit basket. That's classic. Yeah. 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 Alan where's brings it? up, uh, um, Gurren Lagan. Oh, so, yeah. God, nothing, Gurren Lagan. I love nothing from Gurren studio Lagan. trigger, mm -hmm. nothing from studio trigger. Um, he, Alan says Gintama, which, okay. But that's a never ending. I mean, I don't know. I assume that's still going. That's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. So that's a tough one to me to say, yes, that's, I guess, best by most episodes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like this list is just not what it purports to be. It's, mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's mm -hmm. a fine collection of shows, even though I haven't seen all of them. So I can't say for certain that every single one belongs on this list but yeah i just i just feel like it isn't what it says it is yep sure all right so that's that let us know what your favorite anime are yeah, what are, what are the ones that what are... is this list missing yeah love to know we should put together a list sometime like a top 15 we should, we should. So. i would love that roni kenshin yeah which is coming back i believe uh in yeah. some form or fashion yeah yeah so um a couple things to look forward to uh the first one being an anime coming to netflix on october 27th is romantic killer um seems like it's a woman that doesn't want anything to do with romance she wants to game and uh do her own thing and some little cute tiny wizard creature thing comes and says i'm gonna make you fall in love essentially yep. and yep. she says i no way not happening and so uh, this little wizard is going to put in front of her uh, temptation and hunks and stuff, it seems. And yes. uh, her life is a dating sim. <laughs> so, I mean, it's going to be it's it's the perfect thing that anime does, like the the, the right weird scenario that's not possible, not going to happen. Right. But it's fun to explore and then see what how it goes. Yeah, it looks cute. It looks well put together. It's a fun premise. Like, it's just kind of a, this could, like you said, this could obviously never happen, but like, what if it could? And that's the magic of anime. Like, yep. it can make that happen. So let's just see what would. Yep. I'm looking forward um, to 
Another thing coming, but a little bit later, uh, next is be next year. You found this, the Shadow and Bone Season 2. Uh, they kind of released a little trailer. Yeah. Um, it's only like 40 seconds long, so it's really just a true, like, you know, teaser of, of you know, what's coming in 2023 rather than, you know, giving you anything substantial. But I'm excited. I thought the first season was well done. Um, I've read all the books now, um, including, like, the, the other trilogy um, that the crows are from. So yeah, I, uh, I'm really excited that season two is coming back. We also got along with the trailer, um, a little sneak peek of new characters and their kind of like signature outfits for the season. Mm. Um, so that was really fun. Everybody's looking sharp. I really love the costuming for this show. Would you say that this show or the, the books are, which is based upon are young, are the young adult? Is that the genre? They are, yes. Um, but they don't. Okay. They they are young adult, and there are definitely moments when you're very aware of that. But there are definitely moments when I when I feel like it transcends just like some some YA tropes, you know? Right. Yeah. There there are books that I feel like are YA that always feel stuck there. And I think mm-hmm. this this series definitely moves beyond in some points. Okay. And then you do have it's, like some like, I'm definitely reading about teenagers in a love triangle right now. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's why I give, like I give this show shadow and bone a little more leeway than, um, wheel of time. I feel like wheel of time, a person's life work that, I mean, I don't know. Shadow and bone. It just, some of the cleanness of people and the convenience of relationship things, I understand what I mean getting into a little bit with this. Like it feels sure. like it fits with what I'm seeing. Whereas I feel like um, Wheel of Time is trying to be a lot more than that. They, they want to be on the level of something I take really seriously. Like, right, which is hilarious because Wheel of Time is definitely not YA when you read the books that is that is right that's no, what i'm saying but the show feels ya i know i know it's very it's very strange um it's it's difficult because yeah in the first season you're really aware that the younger cast is the younger cast whereas like in the books it just doesn't there's not as much like high school love triangle stuff yeah you also you also don't see them in the books and the way that like their dialogue is written in the books makes them sound older so you can sort of forget the fact that they're teenagers but when you're looking at like someone who's playing a teenager on screen and is clearly trying to act that way it's really difficult it's why not not everything always translates perfectly well or sometimes casting a lot older than the character is intending to be and just having them play younger can work you know all the things i think of you know 14 year olds in anime doing would not fly or work or make sense um, in live oh, action. Right, in our live action. Yeah, all. absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah, look forward to that in mm-hmm. 2023. Next story. Sorry, I just found it also Roroni Kenshin. Oh, That's okay. Being released 2023. So, is that a what? A sequel, remake? Uh, what is that? 
I haven't looked he, into it. It says new anime. Okay. I don't want this spree of like we're getting with Trigun. Now, if we're going to get Roroni Kenshin. Yeah, it just says new television anime based on Roroni Kenshin manga. Yeah. So new, just new. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. That could mean anything. (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at least it's an anime. Let the classics be classics. Let the classics be classics. At least they're not making live action. Already done. Already did it. (laughs) I'm uh. I'm I'm willing to to give it some leeway until I find out what it actually is because new sure. just means nothing. Yep. Uh, next story I think is a pretty big get for Apple TV Plus. Yeah. So, Breaking Bad considered one of the best television shows ever. Definitely was coming out in that kind of like wow, TV is the thing to watch. You know, is that really made that transition where it's not like shameful to be an actor and move to television. Uh, out of film, you know, and um, a season or a series that was good from beginning to end, generally considered anyways. And uh, the creator also then made Better Call Saul, which against the expectations, people also really love and say just is just amazing. It's just an amazing show. Yep. So um, it's a you know, Vince Gillian seems like a person that really cares about his works and only does it if he has a story to tell, not yeah. one that's probably going to start filming without knowing the ending, uh, that kind of thing. So he's making a show now that is coming to Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. starring um, an actress from his show, Better Call Saul, and they've already approved two seasons. Yes. So. Major. I think this is a th- and, this is something to watch. Well, and uh, I was reading the article, and it looked like both Amazon and AMC were trying to bid on this project, and somehow we won out. Somehow, so, yeah, Apple with her infinite money. <laughs> well, I mean, Amazon has infinite money. <laughs> yeah, they spent it all on game on uh, Lord of the Rings. I mean, did um, they though? Did they really? Can Jeff Bezos not afford another TV? He totally can. Yes. I mean, maybe uh, not know, another, I, not another Lord of the Rings, but he the question is, the question is how much are they willing to lose? You know, because of course they can keep spending money, but every company has to decide how much they're willing to lose True. on True. trying to make this make money. Yeah. And some things that will perpetually, you know, Microsoft kind of like perpetually loses money, presumably selling right. Microsoft surface devices. It's just, it, it's, it's a calculation that's enough to get the branding out there. You know, it's a, right. it's a name thing and that's enough that it, it helps branding wise for the rest of the business. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the, Spending the kind of money that Amazon is, how long will they do that for when they can instead just sell servers to people, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I feel like Bezos has been pretty clear about wanting Prime Video to succeed, you know, and have it's like, like a their- vanity thing, I mean, though. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it can't go on for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people can run on their vanity for quite a while. Um, I mean, he's definitely... He's made some big moves. I say he, but like whoever his right. prime video exec is, um, presumably like carrying out his wishes. 
um, because he has spoken personally about it. But, I mean, they've made some really big moves. I mean, obviously releasing Lord of the Rings was probably one of the biggest, but, like, getting Thursday night football. I mean, I know we're not generally sports people, but that is also a fairly big get for a streaming service. Yes. Have a regular week game. That's huge. Yes. So, yes. I mean, it's not that they're not invested. So my my fear would be if I was Amazon, I mean, I know that they would be interested in this because on all like surface level appearance, this would be a slam dunk. But I mean, is is Gilligan's luck gonna run out at some point? Is there gonna be the the fail project? You know what I mean? Right. Like because Breaking Bad was so good and everybody was like, oh my God, better call Saul can't be anywhere near as good. And then somehow it was. I mean, is this the project where things flop? Or, you know, is this just gonna be like triple crown? I don't know. But yeah. it's a risk. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, and I I have no doubt that Apple is losing money on television right now too. So everybody's yeah. making their their bets. But you have to you kind of have to, you know, to see that it's worth it succeed critically or commercially. You got to have one of the two. Hopefully both, but one of the two. And right now Amazon's biggest show is not even charting. Like it's not even in the top it's it's not it's not working out right now so we'll see but um i haven't watched much on apple tv plus now in a while either so i haven't either i really need to watch severance that's like me too i just oh. like started it and like had to turn off right away and it just immediately grabbed me so i really want to watch that yet but yeah i feel like uh, get me back in there it's like draw i feel like i need uh so cliche but i need like a new ted lasso to like be like, all right, right, and then get me in there so I can find all the things again. Because that's when I was really mm -hmm. in there, was like when I was watching Ted Lasso every week and I was like rooting around trying to like find different things on Apple TV. And we didn't watch Rose Byrne's second season, yeah, physical. Oh my God, we didn't. Whoa. Oh, I got to get going on that. I loved physical. Mm -hmm. It was nuts and wild and out there and i always thought i knew what was going to happen and then i didn't and then mm -hmm. her performance was just oh chef's kiss so good we we have so much to watch andrea <laughs> i know i know so much <laughs> um and our final story is i just saw this before going live tonight um i guess yeah. there was some bits of alan rickman's diaries that were released that seems shady. I don't know. Like, I don't you like want it your diaries published. That's not cool, right? Yeah, I don't like it at all. So, I mean, your diary is like your mind, you know, it's not um, your mind is not what you do. Your mind and your thoughts are not who you are. Um, we can get all Batman and say it's your actions that define you, whatever, you know. Um, I so guess that's, that's uh that's Very Rachel philosophical branches right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think therefore I am, but just saying, well, okay. So that can be the, oh, that can no, be the I argument. Want to start a road. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, no. Whatever John takes your... and goes, okay, we're going somewhere. <laughs> if you fill your mind consistently with something that, be, that inevitably 
leads to your actions. That inevitably comes out. But like, if your mind is, you know, diverse and all over the place, and it's not like, you know, obsess, obsessive on something, you know, then it's, I get it, the idea, garbage in, garbage out sort of thing, you know, but um, ultimately, I, I see a diary as a, as another means to organizing your mind. And those are not, even though they were thoughts in the moment, or whatever, uh, recollections of the moment does not mean that those were I don't know. It's just an importance to how you present yourself to people. And that needs to be the real you. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. So, I mean, there are certainly people who keep diaries for themselves and there are certainly people who keep diaries with the intention of, I am recording my thoughts for the public. Like they, they mean sure. it for public consumption. Sure. Um. So if, if that's what this was, then I, then that's okay. And, you know, I don't have an issue with it. Um, but I probably wouldn't seek it out just because I, you know, I have my own picture of Alan Rickman and I don't know if I want to go read his thoughts or not. Um, if this was a diary just for him, then I hate all of this. Icky, get it out. Like, I don't, isn't it? I don't want to know his like innermost thoughts. If those were, if those were truly just for him, I don't need to see that. Once you consider, um, what you suggest with the, like for public consumption, more mm -hmm. of a memoir than. But people call it a diary because it's okay. when you when you write a memoir, you're writing, I think, a story and diaries can be more like slice of life, snippety, you know, impressions of a moment. Um, they can be more scattered. They don't have to be like topically organized things. Mm -hmm. so right. there, yeah, I mean, yes and no, you are sort of writing a memoir or your own like autobiography in a sense, but at the same time, like diaries can be more like impressionistic or, sure. you know, just yeah. like I said, like kind of like stream of consciousness type things, even if you're writing for someone else to see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't like, I mean, I get it in like a crime investigation or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, uh, not a big fan. So IGN again has this article. If you're interested in reading what, um, what was said there, the big deal is that, um, he was like maybe ready to quit or, you know, like maybe wasn't going to be in ready to be in all the Harry Potter films. So, but it's kind of like, well, shocker. Someone had struggles making right. eight is like all these movies, you know, for many years and dealing with kid actors and all this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I certainly get, like, there's so much change on set. Like you said, working with, like, child actors, like, they're going through a whole, like, coming-of-age experience, and that can be a lot to just yeah. even be on the periphery of and still be kind of, you know, in an essence, dealing with that vicariously. Um, you know, you go through how many different directors who have different ideas, different creative visions, while you're the one holding, you know, I have this one character um, you know, and, and I want some consistency mm -hmm. for that character. And the director's like, but I want like, you know, this yeah. movie to be completely different from the last one. So yeah, creatively, that would be incredibly challenging. Yep. Yep. All right. That's it for the news. Let's get mm -hmm. into, um, our web tune of the week, soul leveling 20 through 24. 
found that the numbering is a little different uh, between the physical print and the uh, online digital. Okay. Also, there's some translations I found out that are a little different too. Interesting. So yeah, um, hopefully not too, uh, too, I'm guessing if you have any weird dialogue, it's probably corrected in the print version. Got it. I guess. So. Yeah, there have been um, some words out of order, like misspellings or like an odd choice here or there that I was like, oh. yeah. And there's but. none of that in in the print version. And I sure. noticed because you sent me the screenshot last page and what mm -hmm. he says there and what it said in the print is not the same. Oh, so. interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You should show me either on yeah. or offline uh, what the print says. I'm yeah. Curious. Um, so what do you think of these? I like these. These were, these were, the equivalent of you know getting into the dungeon, um, in the first kind of you know, one through ten panels that we had, and we were kind of getting into like, oh my god, we're getting in a sense of present danger. The story's moving ahead. We have to figure some things out. Where are we? Like, what's the threat? Um. So yeah. So I I quite enjoy this. I enjoy this more. Um the group interaction that we're having here more than I kind of enjoy the, the so-called training montage that we've just been sure. through. So this, this to me is like the good stuff of the stories, like relating to other characters and these kind of external obstacles. This is the strength right here. Um, Cause I'm not always quite convinced. Um, uh, when uh, Jinwoo is like like pep talking himself or like having his mm. like training moments where he's like, I can do this or I can't do this or like I have to figure it out. It, the dialogue there just doesn't always grab me. So okay. I much prefer him like dealing with an external problem. Okay. Yeah, I um, I enjoy these a lot. They were definitely, we, you know, we didn't have to wait too long for people to get what was coming to them. And you were mm -hmm. totally right to be suspicious and nailed shady that. Shady guy. I, said, I have a note in here, shady guy, shady contract. Like everything about this leader was just like, aw. Yep. Yep. And then they started, especially when they started early in this one, like the glints they put in people's eyes and the way they'd shade them, like make Shadow the smile people. disappear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that kind of thing. Um. Yeah, the lizards metaphor, that's right. Why did I think of lizards right now? That's good. Um, I, um, it just, it was, it's that thing that Sword Art Online does well also. It just creates these really satisfying moments and scenarios. It's, it does that like shonen power fantasy thing well in, um, yeah, and you get like revenge here and stuff. Um, I'm liking it a lot because easily this could be messed up with making our protagonist too powerful, too fast. I'm just not yeah. feeling that because I feel satisfying. Yeah, I was, I was a little apprehensive and kind of on the line about him beating this like sea level boss. At first it felt like it was satisfyingly paced and then suddenly it felt like he was able to do it, but there were, they explained the, the factors behind him beating the boss enough in subsequent panels that I was like, okay, all right, I, I buy this now. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Like I wasn't yeah. ready for him to like solo take on a C level boss. And then everything that happened, I was like, okay, 
I liked his that he like his saving grace there. He he didn't use his reward from earlier. That was great. Um, so, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that was kind of one of the things where I was like, OK, all right, because I was. Worried that they were going to do some sort of like deus ex machina, like, you know, somebody just like something happens, just comes yeah. in and saves the day. But this like worked out in a very believable way. Because it, yeah, it wasn't cheap. It it was there for mm-hmm. us to see. Like we, right. we we didn't get a reward from his thing, so that's right. perfect. It was there. We didn't right. didn't think of it. So, um, and I I love the, I mean, it's the underdog story kind of thing. I love that someone is underestimated and mm-hmm. totally exceeds and blows everyone away. So I like that a lot. Um. I see you remarked the uh, the anti-American sentiment. I, yeah. I wonder how that's phrased in there. I wonder if there's a different phrasing or not because uh, it, I, to me, it just like from the loose stuff that I'm aware of or whatever, to me, it wouldn't come off as anti-American sentiment just as so much as like a national pride thing. Like you would leave us, you know, like why wouldn't you work for us? Why aren't you helping us in the betterment of our yeah. nation? Yeah, I would to wonder, just take off. I wonder if there's like a wording choice that's different between like the physical and online versions because there was that sense of why would you leave us? But it was like, how could you leave us to go to America? Okay. Do you know what I mean? And the emphasis was kind of there. Like he's there. It was like very like ugh, America. Sure. So I should have brought the print copy in here with me to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'd love to, again, take a look at it probably offline. Um, but just to just to see, because it, it wasn't like harsh. It wasn't like dragged on yeah. for like 20 panels or whatever. But it was just enough that I was like, interesting. Like this is, you know, just we're getting like a little jab in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. And, you know, what what do they say exactly about that? I mean, is there one? Is there a lot of thought behind that? Or is it, uh, you know, yeah, and what is like that easy. thought? Because, well, because we have our person that's not a good person um, saying this right. as well. Right, right. Yeah. So it's like, is this just like a throwaway, like, you know, we're doing a jab at America? Are we like, not really? Because yeah, like you said, it's the evil person who's saying this. Yeah. Um, what's this stop watching and get in the game, kid? You want you want the shielded, like, slammed up guy to get in there? He literally (laughs) just watches and he's like thinking this whole like, thought story in his brain about like oh he's yeah. a false ranker that must be this happening yeah. and this happening and it's like kate kid like that's nice but backstory later get out now like this guy mm. literally was like i will go deal with big spider boss if you can just find us a way out of here and he does nothing except try to figure out what's happening like there is time for that later go be practical and figure out a way out of here mm-hmm. so yeah, i mean i, I get the just- like panic and whatever and he's green and new and whatever but like yeah i was just like sitting there like you were thinking way too hard about this can you not sense the present danger get out i would have uh started working on the mining right away then that would be the best option because you knew the other people were going to come back you know we did but like well they they knew they'd come back to to like they figured they'd come back when they're dead and then yeah, but kill the, that, the boss. I mean, that also assumes that, like, this guy who you know but don't really 
is going to be able to defeat the spider boss. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'm just saying like the rubble process of like, you know, like, Oh my God, how can he be doing this? Is he not really an ear? And like, he just like goes on and on and on and on. And I was just like, like do the thing he asked you to do. Mm -hmm. He's like over here Mm -hmm. sacrificing himself and you're what and commenting about, Oh, he must be so fatigued. He's trying so hard. Yeah, Yeah. he is. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I at least appreciate that most of the there is the appropriate use of, of thought bubbles. I really do uh-huh. dislike in in manga when people unnecessarily say things that they would just be thinking or going through in their right. head. They don't say right. it aloud loud. And then they make it into an anime and then they say it out loud in the anime too. It's like, how often do these people talk to themselves right now? You right. know, like right. I get it if you've been alone for a long time, right. then you you know, people talk to themselves. That's what happens. Well, but and using using that once or twice is funny, where somebody like accidentally says something out loud yeah. that they definitely meant to think. That's funny, but like doing it all the time is like, oh my god, nobody has like a running diatribe like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. But overall, I liked it a lot. I thought the recap panel seemed unnecessary, and like they just Agreed. put them in there to fill space or something. That's what how I read that. But yeah, it could have been cool. Because it was like this, it was getting like very philosophical um, that, you know, that this chapter right after he's handed his emergency quest um, where he has to kill everybody. Yeah. And it was very like, oh my gosh, now, now the game is ordering me to kill people like kill or be killed. You know, if I kill them, I get the rewards. If I don't kill them, I'll have a punishment. So it's really kill or be killed um, or be punished. So, you know, I can say the game is doing this to me, but am I really still choosing this? And then he started kind of reflecting on, you know, every time I get in a group setting, I keep being betrayed. And it it could have been like a cool, you know, snap back to like these moments of like betrayal and weakness and and feeling, um, you know, like a group setting is, is maybe not his place. And that's we can move the story forward that way. But you're right. It just like really went on and on and on and on. And it felt mm-hmm. like a filler instead of something mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Maybe this is the turning point where he's thinking, okay, we're going to take further the name literally and solo level. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we're doing this, doing this myself. All right. That has been, um, uh, oh, Yep. No, sorry. I was gonna. I was just gonna say one other thing. Do you feel like his glowing blue eyes are anything, or is this just a like I'm leveling up thing? I think it's a activating an ability. I think okay. it's when All it's right. like a dagger ability going, and he's like, I, "That's what I think it is." Yeah. Sure. Okay. Perception was, check, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious about that because it did seem to like be present in certain panels, but I just was like, I don't know. Is it like a power up, or is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, like a ability activated. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is solo leveling 20 through 24. Keep following along if you are. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get into something hopefully you're all following along with as well. House of the Dragon, episode six from mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin and HBO. Mm-hmm. This is a big episode. Mm-hmm. This is where we got um, the cast change. Another big time jump. Cast mm-hmm. change. Um, 
a lot riding on this episode. What did you think of it? Yeah. Um, I, first of all, cheers, cheers. Uh, I have to say I wasn't, I was expecting a big time jump, but I wasn't expecting 10 years. That was a lot. That was huge. Um, so I feel like knowing that the time jump was 10 years is giving me a little bit of leniency in adjusting to these new versions of the characters because my initial reactions, um, especially for Rhaenyra, was negative. I mean, not harshly negative, but it, it tended to be on the negative side um, because I felt like she was a little bit out of character from what I had just seen her as. And knowing that 10 years had passed could sort of give me allowances for, you know, things that have happened to her, plans that have or haven't worked out. You know, she's she's been through a lot more than I could probably guess at in, in a decade. But but I need I need the next episode then to make me understand how those gaps were filled in her life and why and her motivations and reasonings and things that have been happening to her because this portrayal of Rhaenyra felt shockingly different from younger Rhaenyra and not necessarily in a good way. Okay. And I and I keep I, saying Rhaenyra because I felt like Allison's time Allison's character has been simpler than Rhaenyra's. So I felt like I was able to make that transition from young Alicent to older Alicent because there wasn't as much complexity of character to unpack. And I'm not saying like she's simple minded or anything, but she's just her motivations are just a little bit clearer. They're a little bit more one track. They don't seem to have changed in the 10 years that, you know, we've been away from King's Landing. So I felt like I made that jump easier with her character motivations and therefore with the actress who was playing her. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't know why cause I, cause I went from feeling very sympathetic towards Allison to now in this episode, episode, not at all. I went from like, you know, understanding and empathizing with Allison's situation and what she's had to go through and her kind of making the best of it and all this stuff to her really, really taking her father at his word and going at that. Um, because later I'm starting to get like, I feel like I need a reminder. Why are why? Why? This why the strife? I mean, because why the you mean, you the mean animosity? And Rhaenyra? Yeah, the whole thing. Like, I'm yeah. just, she's just so bitter. And I would, we is, must, yeah. we must, you, you, you must see what an insult is it insult to you? What an insult Rhaenyra is, is, has done here to the crown. She doesn't care about that. She doesn't care about the insults to the crown or whatever. She just wants what? She wants her kid to rule. And is it because she's afraid that, you know, King's Landing and Westeros will tear itself apart because there's maybe a queen running things? Is that really her concern? It feels more personal and it feels yeah. less like I, I, I believed it from her father 
that he really felt the kingdom would be in peril and you're going to have trouble if you don't succeed in getting your son to take the throne. I don't buy it from her right now. It feels like I don't like Rhaenyra anymore. Look at all your kids. They're all bastards, you know, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And yeah, yeah, petty. She's aligned herself with the person that slept with uh, Rhaenyra and like got his allegiance, which he is like turned to. Holy buckets. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, Alicent and Sir Kristen are a bunch of bitter Bettys that are just like holding on to something from the past that happened 10 years ago, but they won't let it go. And it is Mm -hmm. all Rhaenyra's fault. Everything bad is Rhaenyra's fault. And it felt, oh, it felt one note and sad. Like, it just yeah. felt like yeah. you've been holding on to this for, like, 10 years. Like, let it go. Let it mm-hmm. go. Ugh. Yeah. I mean. Enjoy your your family, you know, your beautiful yeah. children you have. I don't know. To Allison? No. Al- yeah, Allison. Yeah. You got, yeah. you got these kids, you know, and, like. Well, yes. Also, maybe, like, pay better attention to your kids because. Her firstborn, Aegon, is a little Joffrey in the making. Like, their (laughs) relationship in this episode reminded me so much. It was like, it was like Cersei and Joffrey Light. Sure. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say they're that far gone into, like, Cersei and Joffrey were cruel people. By, like, nature and design and just, like, reveled in that. Um, but in this episode, I really felt like Aegon was a little jerk to everybody. He was like a spoiled little entitled brat who was like pretty weak with anybody except like people he felt like he could take on, which is like classic bully characteristic. Like when you know you're bigger and stronger than somebody, like you feel entitled to treat them poorly because you can win. Um, and Allison's very like blind, we must put you on the throne felt like Cersei's very blind, like even though Joffrey was like demonstrably a horrible little person, yeah. she right. was like, he needs to be on the throne. So that that relationship felt very reminiscent of that. Like I said, a bit lighter. They don't seem quite as cruel, but they could get there. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, Allison's like setting things in motion that she clearly has no idea the ramifications of in this episode and uh, what, a, what a finale she's set in motion here. Yep. I mean, the, the kid shockingly after he's caught jerking off is like in, in the, like has the moments of wisdom really. Cause she's like, don't you understand the danger or whatever? And he's kind of like, he kind of nonchalant about it. And it's like, yeah, he's cause he's not craving that thing. That's a, that's one difference. Joffrey thinks yes. he's entitled to everything and wants that authority and power. Right. And he's content at this point to mess around with his siblings and whatever, you know, right. and that kind of thing. So he's not like, let him have it, whatever, you know? Yeah. I think he's kind of and, afraid of it to be honest, like afraid maybe, of yeah. like, being King and having responsibility. And I mean, it could be a very normal, like, you know, I want to be a kid type of fear, but it could also be like, uh, 
I shy away from like true authority and power kind of, you know, because I am a weak character. Mm -hmm. I think what this episode needed um, to me was we needed to see on a larger scale, because I, I understand it's difficult with how short the season is and how many, how many time jumps we're having and the different characters and now transitioning to their children and all this stuff. I understand it's difficult to juggle all that. But we kind of need to see the other armies, families of the world. We need to have some conversations with these different adults that are like yes. still ready to take the throne or to usurp the Targaryens and stuff should Rhaenyra actually take the throne. They can see that the king's health is failing and he's going downhill. They, we need to see the present danger that yet no one is going to accept Rhaenyra right. as queen. And without that, this just seems meaningless. Yes, I completely agree with you. It feels very hollow and empty of a threat without any weight behind it. We need to see more, I think, of court, court life. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've, we've caught, obviously, like the periphery of it when we had like the tournament, when we had, you know, the wedding that wasn't. Uh, we just had yep. that like welcome feast and we again, you know, saw the people at court and the gossip and the rumors flying. Um, we obviously got Rhaenyra and Damon going down to um, Flea Bottom and the Street of Silk and like the play that was being put on. Yep. Um, so we got like the common folk opinion. But those are like three very brief moments. And only one of them directly addresses how people feel about Rhaenyra taking the throne. We have no idea, like you said, of like the actual like families of nobility, what they would actually do, like mm -hmm. what exactly like the plot would be to remove Rhaenyra or prevent her from taking the throne or should she do it, then overthrow her and install Aegon on the yeah. throne. We have, we have none of that so that there's no pressure. There's no, you know, there's no threat. Yep. Because right now the only threat of installing Aegon is from Alicent. Right. Just that, which, that I mean, sort of pressure and stuff, which is right, something. By the end of the, yeah, by the end of the episode, it becomes more credible, but she's yes. still only one person. She doesn't seem to have anybody, I guess, Sir Kristen, but again, he's like one man, and he's like one Kingsguard from, from his own admission, a nothing family. Right. So what would he really do? She's not, we haven't seen her writing letters to different families mm -hmm. and like all these people on our side and, and some of those, she, all those other things we dealt with. Green. That's it. Yeah. That's her like yeah. war declaration. She's still wearing green. Yeah. Yeah. That felt a little, yeah, a little silly. Um, I don't know. And it's been 10 years. So all those things happened 10 years ago. And um, I, I mean, part of me gets the like, transitional aspect of it you know like we we end with her in green and we start yes. with her in green right. to like make i get it i do like her kids here you see Aegon if you're if you're following along watching with us uh Aegon appears with like green under tunic in the training courtyard again like you know kind of signifying her house and high tower before he's a targaryen um so yeah, so I mean, I get these like symbolic choices, but they still feel hollow without Allison making any actual moves. Mm -hmm. um, and yep. the fact that it's been 10 years without her making any actual moves. I mean, 
we see this in the in the plot of the episode. She talks to Viserys about the rumors that are swirling around, but she doesn't even really talk about it. She sort of dances around it and maybe sort of tries to bring it up, but it's very weak. It's it's yep. she doesn't push him very hard. So to me, the the tough part is thinking that it's been ten years of doing nothing. I could more easily accept it if it'd been three years. five years you know just something shorter than a decade but this feels Mm -hmm. drug out now Rhaenyra does talk about saying Mm -hmm. people like are you know whispering about her and you know they're all they they all know and whatever we don't Um, see well the citizens you know they're gonna know and stuff like there's too there's too much of this like talk about it and not enough like even just a quick cut scene of like a whisper as she passes or like her walking down like a corridor of just like whispering people and like looks and sh- you know what I mean I just need to feel like a presence of it mm-hmm. I thought what do you think of her proposal at the uh, council meeting is like look I thought it was kind of a kind of a I mean I understand coming from a position where you feel you're in a position of weakness. It doesn't look Mm -hmm. the same as offering a hand from a position of power. But at the same time, it seemed like a pretty, as the king said, judicious judicious, uh, kind of decision or offer. And it's really sort of, hey, if you remember, we're part of the same family. We used to even be friends. I felt a lot of tension recently and a lot of animosity. How will we like remember we're in this together and we'll right. have our kids marry and just solidify that and right. like what can go wrong there? Right. Yeah, I I liked the essence of this offer. Like you said, it was it was difficult for me um, having Rhaenyra come from a place of such strength. To, to kind of being introduced to this woman, you know, that's been apparently slowly weakened over the years, um, even though we don't, like, see terribly much evidence of that. Wait, you um, think Rhaenyra's being weakened? Wait, wait, who, wait say this again. Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. So, so Rhaenyra is clearly coming at this feeling like she's coming from the weaker position because her offer definitely right. doesn't yes. feel, like, commanding and, like... Right extended in like a generosity of condescending spirit that where you, where you feel if someone was coming from the stronger position. So she does appear to be approaching it from the weaker side of things, but it was hard for me to make that transition, you know, from the last episode Mm, where she, you know, I mean, everything seemed to be going her way and all seemed to be going well. And it was hard for me to kind of play catch up that her character felt weak. Um, so that part of it was difficult for me kind of watching her like be a little stuttery and a little like unsure and sort of be like extending the hand to Allison. Um, probably made harder by the fact that like, I just didn't like Allison at any point in this episode. So I was like, right. Uh, like don't extend the hand. Don't remind her that you're, she's your friend. But from like a very practical standpoint, yeah, all of it seemed to like line up like, Let's reunite our houses. Let's marry my son to your daughter. Um, sure, we skip Aegon. He doesn't seem to want it anyway. 
So yeah. like really where's the harm in that? Like your kid still gets on the throne. You'll still be here. You'll still be, you know, in a position of power. You're gonna, your kids are going to get dragons, which I'm not really sure how Rhaenyra became like the keeper of the dragons. That wasn't quite explained. Just but as the Targaryens won, like, yet, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, just like you would think Viserys would like, that would be one thing he might insist upon for his kids is dragon mm. eggs. Mm -hmm. um, so th so that, that just became sort of interesting to me that like Rhaenyra was the one deciding who gets dragon eggs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a logical offer and I felt like Alicent was very dismissive of it, which serves the plot, but didn't serve, I thought, logical development for their characters. Yeah. She tells the king, do what you want, but I lay cold in my grave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, got some other characters to talk about, I suppose. Um, mm -hmm. Got the... Oh, I do... I will say, you know, I'm definitely disappointed in her husband. Rainier is mm -hmm. Because... Okay, so you don't want to have sex with her doesn't mean that she's not your your partner here mm -hmm. and you wouldn't be invested in bargain, being by man. her side. You were mm -hmm. you were friends, you know. Now, I get it being difficult like she's always pregnant with another man's children. That's an extra hardship that you have to sit and like go through. She doesn't want to have sex with her anyway. I know, but like this kind of shame and humiliate, like of having to like pretend, you know, and this is my child and stuff. Yeah. That's, that's rough. It's, and if it's, it's hard for me because on the one hand, like he agreed to it. On the other hand, I get agreeing something to something in theory and then like living through it and you find the reality quite different. See, but he, to me, the agreement is like, look, we'll be married. We are a couple. We're going to have kids. You're queen. I'm, you know, I'm their king regent or whatever. And, and, uh, or king consort. She, and she also says like, I know I can't change your appetites with this marriage. So we'll get married, do our duty to the realm. And then, um, what, what does she say? Like we can like have our dalliances or whatever. Or like yeah. Our, well, she says like, you know, I will go dine and each of us will dine as we see fit. Mm -hmm. so it's like i mean did he really expect to have children with her did he want to did he try to well that's what i need answers to like yeah because i agree. do our duty to the realm means Sounds produce like an heir yeah yeah but like but like did they try and he couldn't did they even yes. try did either of them want to that's what i need to know yeah i i completely agree with you because that would flavor their conversation very differently depending on the answers to those questions. Yeah. Like if Leonard didn't we, we even need... try, but then like wants to be a baby about the fact that she has kids with other guys, then like, sorry. Right. But yeah, if he tried or, and she didn't want to, that would of course, again, flavor that a different way. If they tried and it didn't work out or either of them to blame. Cause the, the we need, I need to know that for like five years, they tried to have, babies sure. and that it sure. didn't work sure. and then it's well, like well what and then do? is that you know, anybody's then... fault 
Right. It's not really. Then what do you do? That's the way it is. Right. So, and then, but I need but to know like, that because right now it's like it's like the moment with uh, in Game of Thrones with um, Marjorie and um, the other um, Tommy. Uh, no, no. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. No, um, Renly, Renly Baratheon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, we can get in what's his face to help out because I know, you know, he was at that point, yes. Renly was pretending like, no, I'm not gay. I love right. women. He's like, no, 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 it's those okay. Boobs. It can be in here, get you started. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, did they do that? Cause if right. not this, this changes a lot because yeah, you're sitting there as uh, the future leader and all three of your kids, you know, both of you have white hair. The other one's darker complexion and like just no, it's just mm -hmm. it's too much. It's it's so hard for me because like everybody's so like judgmental of Rhaenyra for like having these kids with somebody else. And it's just like, oh, but if you only knew that later was gay, like they <laughs> both you know what I mean? Like it seems like she's betraying him to all outward appearances, but it's like She's not though. Like he right. not interested. Oh, for sure. You know, so it's just like a shame that they can't just be like, "Listen, yeah, we're married because politics, and we love each other as friends and co-parents, and that's it." It, yeah, co-parents. Um, I mean, I mean, he is yeah. like their father, and he he's supposed to be present in their right. lives. But mm -hmm. and I mean, I mean, certainly people can you know, adopt or be step parents and things like that. Oh and yeah. Feel, you know, they're, they're, but he clearly parents. is not doing that, but yeah, no, he's clearly not doing that, but I don't know. Um, who's again to I, say he it, didn't try for the first couple of years and then just like find it too hard or I don't know. Maybe he was never yeah. interested. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, Oh, there's something else I was going to say about the um, the actual father. Then, um, oh, Harwin. oh well, well, just even that this could have all been fixed if long ago, when she was told to pick a a suitor to pick someone, she just did, because clearly now she picked someone. Now she picked someone that she's now had like four kids with, yeah. three or whatever, three, yeah. and so it's like. You could have just tried harder before, couldn't you? Because now you, you, because you're, you, you had to go in a relationship when you were forced into one. You're going to marry this person. And that's what's happening. And there it is. When no one, you know, so you, you put yourself in the same, this situation by trying to buck the system and your responsibility for so long, which look, yep. I understand, especially for, you know, someone that's very young. Um, right. but, well, and someone yeah. who was like clearly pissed at her dad for doing the same thing. Yeah. She wouldn't have necessarily needed to be in that position had he just like sucked it up and married Lena. Well, well, yes, she wouldn't have necessarily been assigned to another Valerian. Yes. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Like yes. she obviously would yes. have still had to marry, but she might have felt a little more free to just pick somebody, even though he sent her on the tour, but everybody was like, she probably like 
redress this thing with the Valerians, which Lionel Strong gave absolutely amazeballs advice about, but yeah, didn't work yeah. out very well. Yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, we can talk about uh, the, the the Strongs a little bit, the Strong mm -hmm. family, because a lot of players here involved. <laughs> So we've got the um, the real father for one. We've got the hand of the king, Lionel, and then we have the conniving uh, behind the scenes brother mm -hmm. um, that really came into play at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, so we've got Lionel. We've got some very like different characters here. Like Lionel's like clearly like wise, steady has given like sage counsel over the years. Like Viserys is very reluctant to, to let go of him when he tries to resign amidst the whisperings, of course, of like Harwin and Rhaenyra and their relationship and him being the father of her kids. Um, so yeah, so he's, you know, given it's clear over the years, like very unbiased advice thus far to the king yep. and Viserys really values him. Then we have Harwin um, unclear exactly how he came to be in the picture. Yeah. Came to be Rhaenyra's personal guard, turned lover, turned father of her children. Um, but, you know, I mean, he, I think we did get a glimpse of him in the very last episode where he was the one picking her up and saving her from the melee during the, oh. the welcome feast. I think there was okay. just like that snap second of him. So maybe, you know. We were supposed to like okay. carry on something from that. Um, but yeah, he seems fun, cheeky, good fighter. Obviously must be a good lover because, you know, he fathered <laughs> three of her children. Um, well, I very, mean, like, efficient, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, gets the job done. Um, you know, it seems like a fairly confident sort of guy, sure of his position, and unfortunately, just like a little blind to the consequences of what's going on and, and being so free with his actions um, and preferences. So, yeah, he, he quickly obviously learns uh, that, that things can turn for him and for his family. And then, yeah, we finally have the younger son, um, Laris, I think his name is. I think Alan wrote it. Laris Strong. Yep. Yeah. Who's just been a little, little snake, yeah, little whispering worm, uh, in the garden, just spreading rumors, having Allison's ear. She, you know, confides to him, and apparently can he can make things happen. Yeah, because he's like the, the... I. I gotta say, the end of this episode just, oof, that was. A lot. That was probably that was probably the best scene of the episode for me. Yeah, because honestly, this episode. I mean, we start with with new recastings. I now some characters that I liked. I'm really not liking them. I'm a little mm -hmm. like needing to be reminded of some motivation. I'm feeling some things that are a little convenient. I I think I wrote that. Maybe I didn't write it. I barely wrote anything. Um, <laughs> I said it all seems a bit melodramatic. Um, I, there was just, 
it felt like a step back in ways um, this episode in terms of maturity. And maybe part of that was having the kids involved, just literally right. having kids there. I don't know. But um, if I've, it felt less, um, the stakes felt lower. It felt less meaningful. It just didn't, um, it didn't work as well for me until we got to the, the end bit here where yeah. things started to to really hit the fan then that um kind of pulled me back in mm -hmm. yeah um i mean yeah really the the second half of the episode got increasingly um more consequential for for the strong family um you know like i said like i mentioned before the the whisperings got louder about you know Harwin being the father of Rhaenyra's children, and he basically confirmed that by beating Sir Criston Cole to a, to a bloody pulp um, in a manner reminiscent of the way Sir Criston did Joffrey um, when Sir Criston mentioned that, you know, he might have a father's love for Rhaenyra's sons. So then that kind of, like, forced Lionel's hand into saying, like, I don't know if I can be your hand um, to Viserys. Him not accepting that, uh, uh, Lionel proposing like the middle ground of at least let me take Harwin away. We'll I'll basically yeah. banish him to Aaron Hall, and Laris just being like, "Well, Allison doesn't want them here anymore and thinks that they're compromised." I've never particularly liked my family and feel that they're, you know, of no use to me and they look down on me. So, what's the solution? Murder them in their sleep. Mm -hmm. create mm -hmm. my own army of of mutes by cutting out their tongues and have them set fire to Harrenhal um so that you know my father and brother are burned alive um yeah this this was just like oh this whole scene where Laris was explaining to Allison like I heard you and you want your father back and the strongs aren't impartial and they can't lead anymore because of all of this happening so I took care of it I mean, yep. Laris here in these scenes reminded me of like a creepy predecessor to Varys. Yeah. You know, creating yep. his own little like army of spies and spiders to like flit around the ca the castle and like d perform secret things and um, yeah, just kind of like take on some underhanded tasks and whisper secrets. Yep. But. I liked him less than Varys. Varys didn't feel this evil, probably because we didn't watch him like plot to murder his whole family by burning yep. them alive. Yep. He's sort of the opposite of Sam mm. from Game of Thrones, where, uh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. Sam is like the one that's spit on. He's never been taken seriously. He's not, he's not the one, you know, I think not initially set to inherit everything or whatever. He's such an embarrassment, but then his, yeah. he is. Okay. Like his response, well, no, everything is, he does have an older brother. That's my bad. That's my bad. Okay. He, he does. His response instead is like, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to be a good person yet. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't take that and make himself bitter and like seek revenge. It's not his like normal thing here. So this mm -hmm. is, this reminds me of like, okay, this guy is born, not physically adept, 
he's got some sort of uh, malady, and so therefore he's not seen as as an equal or whatever, presumably. Mm-hmm. And so therefore he's going to kind of he's going to take this and be spiteful about it, and uh, yeah, lash out when he gets a chance, and then quite boldly proclaim that he has something over the queen's head, mm-hmm. like you owe me, you know. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, he certainly got himself a comfortable little position there. Um, and I mean, whether he truly does or doesn't have something over Alicent, like she is definitely right now, as I see her, the kind of weak person who would allow him to have something. Even if yeah. it's not real, even if he said it out loud and everybody would be like, whatever, that's not true. She believes in that power he has over her. I think right. she's going to believe it for a long time. So we should talk about one more thing before we wrap it up, at least. Um, and then, of course, if there's anything else that uh, um, you want to talk about. But um, yeah. Damon, Damon and his yeah, whole situation. We haven't yeah. talked about that. And um, that was it's a pretty lot. interesting peek into what he's been up to. I liked these moments. I like that it feels like his wife has calmed him some, you know, and this honestly, though, they're having disagreements now. There, this relationship seems to kind of have worked and he's got these uh, daughters and though it was a little conflicting, the one daughter seems to suggest that he ignores her, but he seemed quite nice to them. And at the same time, like, you know, got a kiss goodnight and was hanging out with him in the study or something in the library. Studying old Valerian or high Valerian, yeah. excuse me. And um, so I don't know, I kind of, you know, thought, well, it's sort of in a, in a good ish place here, other than we're kind of a crossroads. Like, where do we, what do we do now? You know? And, um, I certainly didn't expect what was to come then. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I liked this sort of pause for Damon. He was so active the first half of the season, always like plotting, always doing something, always in the middle of something like, is he, you know, gaining a, a kingdom? Is he going to be the heir? Is he not the heir? Like, he just he just needed this, like, break. And it felt really natural for his character once he was, like, finally away, but still doing things that he loved. Like, he was in Pentos, like, you know, he was still fighting. He was still, like, a dragon rider, but he had his family. He had gold and money and position. He just, like had a lot of things that he wanted and he felt valued. And I think that was really, really important to him. So he just sort of was like, yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on at King's Landing. Like I'm probably what, like fifth or sixth in line for the throne now. Like why bother? Yep. Yep. So yeah, all of this felt very natural to me. And like I said, it was kind of nice to see his character just like take a beat. Um, Yep. I mean, you, you always knew he was going to return, but it was I, it felt like a, a natural break to start away. And now that this like huge thing has happened to him where, um, you know, we, we start off and see his wife, Lena, pregnant. She wants to return to give birth at Driftmark. That doesn't happen. She kind of like times out. She starts giving birth, but the baby's not coming. And we get this like very tense setup of, is Damon going to repeat the mistake of Viserys and have his wife 
cut open, uh, you know, w- with or against her will to save the baby. And and we sort of like get the build up to that moment, but we never get to see the choice happen because Lena makes her own choice. Yeah. And I don't, I liked, I liked the opportunity at the scene because it would, it would show growth in Damon and further gray, grayify him. I wanted to see that moment where he's not about to sacrifice his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of just don't have that. And instead we cut to all of a sudden she's outside. So I also didn't like the structure of that. It's like, how did you get what? No, you had I, all these people I agree. around. Where did you just I go know. and like what? Who, who let this like mid labor woman just walk yeah. outside by herself? So I really I mean, didn't understand the script of this. Like that just yeah. Didn't I mean, compute. maybe it was a like you know the 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 maester was like I've reached the limits of my ability. Like the babe isn't coming. Like maybe they thought like let her just take a walk, get some fresh air. I don't know, but it, it felt a little unbelievable that she yeah. just like got outside by herself and got that far where she could have gotten to Vagar, her right. dragon, without anybody noticing. And suddenly, like, yeah, after she's been pleading with him for a while, that <laughs> Matt Smith like suddenly appears out of nowhere, like, oh, right, where's my wife? Where'd you get to? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, am I missing something here? Like, can we have the thing where you can, they could choose for her to live? The baby will die, but she will live. That part was unclear again here. Um, This is a fatal problem. Like, yeah, the guy, the guy just said, you know, the the babe isn't coming and it's not going to. Right. So he suggests like we can cut her open to remove it, but it doesn't he doesn't suggest that like well, she'll be okay if we don't. Damon asked the follow-up that yeah. that needed to be asked before in the previous circumstance, right. will she live? He says right. no. Choi now we're waiting. But does that and then we're outside? Mean, wait, wait, wait. Does that mean though like Will she live if we like cut her open, or does that mean will because, she live at all? Well, the way it was set up was when the it was it was said we can put the knife to her or whatever right. the phrasing was, and then he immediately asked, "Will she live?" And he that, says, that, but "No." That's, but that's what I mean. Like, if 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 is, is he asking, "Will she live?" If we put the knife to her, or is yes. he asking in general? Like, will she live if we don't? I can't. I'm, I can't imagine that because that wouldn't be the question that was asked. That would be answering mm-hmm. the question that wasn't asked. The question that was that was like, we could put the knife to her. Will she live? No. The question is, will she yeah. live? Was was the was the question asked for? Hey, we could put the, we can cut her open. So it was not like in generic like. Uh, he didn't come over and say, oh, you know, the the baby so then, won't come out. I don't know what to, you know, I've tried everything. Will she live? No. That would be different than asking yeah, so, first the knife, oh, we can cut her open. Right. So, yeah. So, like, to me, it, I don't like that kind of dialogue because it doesn't make it clear to me if they don't cut her open, is she going to be fine? Like, are right. they going to figure out a way to get the babe out? 
another right. way? And is the babe just going to unfortunately have to be a stillbirth? Right. Oh, God, that feels so, like, light to say that when I know it's, right. like, such a traumatic thing. But it's really difficult for me for because the show just doesn't make a lot of these options surrounding these difficult births very clear. Right. They don't, they don't give a lot of clarity on like mom's status, mm -hmm. whether or not they do like, you know, cutting her open and, and basically do like an old time C-section. <laughs> like, is this, is this necessary? Like, will the mom live without it? Like in both Emma and Lena's situation, to me, it's just super unclear the true choice that either Viserys or Damon are making or yeah. or in Damon's case, don't get to make or and are just considering because we never see what he would respond. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that. I mean, I, I like the way that this ended in terms of Lena choosing her own fate because that mm -hmm. was very important to her and that was set up early on like I want to die a dragon rider and that's this was like the best that she could do she felt you know this obviously wasn't her idea of what she wanted to happen but it was still better she thought than the alternative so i liked that she got to choose but yes it was highly implausible on a practical scale yep yep weakest episode of the series so far that's, I uh... agree. There were there were cool things. Um, I loved that dragons were back. You know, we got to see all the children kind of like getting their own dragons, bonding with their dragons. We got a lot of different like names coming up. Um, we saw Caraxes back. Uh, we saw Vagar, who's like the oldest dragon and I think the largest at the time. Not the largest ever. Um, but is the largest at the time. So we really got, and we see um, uh, Damon and Lena's daughter is trying to hatch a, a dragon egg as well. So we, you know, we really got that, like we're getting back into that kind of piece of the show, which I felt had been missing. Um, sure. And was, I was excited to see back this episode. Well, I hope it's sort of a transition episode. And next week we uh, have a little, little, cleaner script a little renewal of motivations and um yeah yeah one thing one thing strong. i do yeah i do want to say that like we said the episode closed out really strong i loved the whole like plot that laris set up it was dark and twisty and sick um but it was gripping it was just as he was like like making it unfold and talking about it oh it was just it was it was the point at the show when I was just like most enthralled and I loved that this was the backstory to the cursed ruin that is Hall Castle yes um, that is talked about often in Game of Thrones I just this was yep. just like a horribly creepy well executed backstory so well done for that yep all right that's been House of the Dragon episode mm -hmm. six I think we got two more left i believe um mm -hmm. so stay tuned for that otherwise this has been popcast on the rocks episode 121 we're here weekly be sure to uh, follow us here on twitch subscribe on youtube like things mm -hmm. comment all that sort of thing share whatever if you're on a podcast directory please leave a review um especially on apple podcasts on spotify we often have polls and stuff 
Um, so please answer those or answer the question. We, um, you can watch the video on there as well if you'd like. Killing the Flower, they're responsible for our theme song. So give them a look on Instagram, Spotify, or YouTube. And um, think that'll about cover it. So everybody, um, thanks for joining us. And Andrea, thanks for joining me once again. Of course. As always, cheers, everybody. <laughs>